Welcome to The Institute, a podcast in the lives and works of fellows and friends of the Institute for the Arts and Humanities at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. To our returning listeners, welcome back to part two of our conversation with Institute Director Patricia Parker. In our last episode, we talked about how her research and engaged scholarship has influenced her leadership and what her first year as director was like and what is to come. Today, we continue our conversation as we explore more of Director Parker's work and the impact of public humanities engagement at Carolina and beyond. Thank you, Pat, for sitting down for another conversation. Well, thank you, Kristen. It's my pleasure to be here in conversation with you again. The last time we talked, you shared about your own research and your time as IEH director. But before we talk about your other work on campus, I'd like to explore more about the Institute's work. For the listeners who may not know, the Institute is part of the International Consortium of Humanities Centers and Institutes, also known as CHCI. Can you tell us more about that and that relationship? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, You know, one of the things that the Institute has the responsibility for is to advocate the humanities um, and um, and the arts. Um, the consortium um, that you mentioned, the, the uh, Consortium of Humanity Centers and Institutes, is just one of the entities that um, helps us uh, to do that and provides resources for us to, to amplify uh, the work of the humanities. You know, another entity that um, that is um, is helpful in that area is the National Endowment for the Humanities. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, you might think about, you know, at that national level, that's the, the place where the humanities are, are seen as an important part of the, you know, the fabric of, of our life, of, uh, you know, our, our, our culture, our academic institutions. And one important uh, thing that I've learned from... Um, a data point that I learned recently at one of the gatherings of the of the um, the CHCI is that for every one dollar that the NEH spends, the National Endowment for the Humanities spends, uh, it's equal to fifty five dollars spent for the National Science Foundation. It's also um, you can compare that to the one hundred dollars spent through the National Institutes of Health. So. In that regard, you know, you can see that, you know, there's work to be done to show the importance of the humanities. Um, So, again, this consortium of humanity centers and institutes really kind of really does get us to that gives us that opportunity to explore ways that we can amplify this important work. As, as a director, I mean, this is my second year as director, and my, so consequently I'm, I'm just recently involved with, with the CHCI, but I hit the ground running last year because we, we hosted um, a panel uh, as part of the annual meeting of, of, the, um, of the consortium. Uh, Duke University, uh, we collaborate with Duke's uh, Franklin Humanities Center to co-host that gathering, and, and, and the first panel was held right here on our campus. It was an opportunity to do some programming uh, around topics that are really uh, important on our campus right now, thinking about South-South relations, and uh, which is to say we're in the U.S. South, um, and we're very much connected to the uh, some of the issues in the global South mm-hmm. with regard to marginalized identities and the interfaces of 
activism and um, intellectual traditions. And so we were able to, to convene that. And, and so we were uh, grateful to have featured um, as our guest for that uh, for that panel, uh, Dr. Soma uh, April, who was who joined us from uh, South Africa. She's a scholar um, at the University of Fort Hare in uh, South Africa. She's also a next generation scholar at the Center for Humanities Research at the University of Western Cape. So she was one of our panelists doing great work thinking uh, about activism that traverses uh, South Africa and um, and as well as the as the U.S. South. And then we also had our very own Cherie Indeliko, who um, is on faculty in the Department of Geography, um, and she uh, focuses on black geographies and and, uh, including the black Atlantic world and and decolonial praxis, indigeneity, and sustainable farming. Um, so these were this was a very well received panel. It was um, uh, well attended, and, and folks really um, um, had a great conversation around um, this topic of of intellectual traditions and everyday activism. And since organizing that panel, you've been able to really collaborate and interact more with other directors in the CHCI network, right? Like, can you talk more about that? Yes, I have. Um, the CHCI has a steering committee um, for what they call the Humanities Administration Network. The purpose of that network is to really hone in on what the center and institute directors, you know, what issues they face in running their centers and engaging with faculty, students, um, the public, um, really all the the, um, issues uh, that an administrator might encounter in doing that. Uh, But they also um, are focused on providing a platform when we gather for the consortium. We, we are um, tasked with providing a platform for critical reflection on the work of institutes and centers and the unique roles they play or have the potential to play both when it, within and outside the academy. And so I was asked to join this uh, steering committee and help to plan a uh, pre-conference and a panel during the next uh, meeting of the CHCI. And that meeting is going to be in June in Santiago, Chile. And so very excited to be a part of that that work. Folks should watch our, our website for more information about that, um, that panel that will be uh, happening in June. And it's exciting for, um, you know, we're proud for you to go off and, you know, spread the word of the IH and the great work that we're doing here, not just with that network, but in a completely different country and continent. So thank you for doing the great work. (laughs) As I mentioned earlier, your work and your impact on campus goes beyond the Institute and the communication department. You're also the co-chair of the Commission for History, Race, and a Way Forward with history professor Jim Leloudis. Can you share more about that work and what that means to you? Yes, thank you for asking about that. Um, that is the other hat that I wear in addition to being director of the Institute for the Arts and Humanities. Um, I am doing uh, this work. In fact, it predates my my appointment as director of the Institute. The University Commission on History, Race, and a Way Forward was convened in February of 2020. Uh, we had our first first meeting and where the, the chancellor charged the commission to research the university's history with race and make recommendations to the to, to the chancellor with regard to how the university reckons with that history. Mm-hmm. Um, that 
is the work that we started, as I mentioned, in February of 2020. And of course, we know what happened in March mm-hmm. of 2020 with the pandemic and, and uh, much of the, the world shutting down in response to that. But we did move forward on on several projects that are now um, have, you know, we're, we're very much moving forward with these um, um, projects. We have done a great deal of archival research um, on some of the building names and other names on the landscape uh, and made recommendations for removing those names. So two two buildings in particular have have um, been renamed, mm-hmm. and um, folks can read about that. There's a the um, university website that um, describes the work of the commission. But I wanted to highlight one other thing that we're working on is and which is I mean very much a part of the the my research focus, which is communication and social justice leadership and community engagement. And so through this work, um, I've been fortunate to work with many members of the descendants of the enslaved who were the unsigned founders of this university, uh, the people who helped, who labored to build the university. And often, um, you know, those histories are erased. Um, There are um, several burial grounds, cemeteries on the campus and near the campus of of, um, uh, of the enslaved. And, and so those descendants are very much um, a part of our efforts to tell those stories because it is a part of the university's history. And so I've been involved with uh, working with um, descendant communities, and we're, we're very excited about the work that we're doing together to tell those histories. So that's um, that's something that I'm I'm doing, and and um, it is um, very exciting. I'll say one more thing about um, the commission is um, we are fortunate to be able to host the spring convening of the university's studying slavery um, conference. Uh, this is another consortium, <laughs> uh, a collective of universities all over the, the world, really. It started at the University of Virginia, uh, but this consortium of universities studying slavery gathers every spring and uh, fall. And so in March, we will be hosting that conference right here on the campus of UNC Chapel Hill, uh, March 15th through the 18th. Um, and so those... Um, Invitations are, are there, there's a link to to the um, to register for the conference if folks want to to join us there um, on the IH website as well as on the university's um, website as well. Yep, we'll include a link for all of that. Um, it's all very important work, of course, like not just um, on our own campus and with our own communities, but um, of course, it's a larger national and international question. Um, I do want to ask one more question about um, your work on the commission. Has it in what ways has the commission, um, the work that you've done there, help inform your work here at the IEH? I really see the Institute as a place for starting conversation, building community, um, and thinking about the role of uh, the arts and humanities in impact- impacting the urgent questions of our day. And so I think, you know, the communi- the commission's work is very much related to what I see as the work of the arts and humanities and amplifying the work of our faculty colleagues in that work. That's very, you know, I think that's a, an integral part of my role as director is to make those connections for the work of our faculty colleagues um, who are doing this work. And that's, that's very gratifying. 
you've also had the opportunity to interface with other faculty and administrators in a more informal way. In fall 2022, you joined the Tar Heel Bus Tour, which took over 70 faculty and administrators on a listening and learning tour of North Carolina. Can you share about your experience? Yes. You know, the Tar Heel Bus Tour is um, an initiative um, that first began, I think, in the early 2000s by uh, uh, then-Chancellor Hooker. Um, and I know this because I I joined camp I came on campus in '98 and the Tar Heel bus tour was was starting and and oh. that idea was that you know faculty and staff should get out into the into uh, the state to to learn about where our students you know the majority of our students are you know originate and and, and have their homes and and come to the university from those places and so but I never had a chance to 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 take the the bus tour so I so I was just really delighted when. Um, our current chancellor, Chancellor Guskowitz, um, you know, reignited that that uh, initiative and had the chance to to go on that bus tour back in October. And I was, on, you know, there's a bus that goes to the the east and a bus that goes to the west in the state. And uh, I was on the bus that went to the east, and it was just a wonderful um, experience. It was three days packed with with stops. I mean, we started in the morning, um, early in the morning, on a um, a Wednesday during fall break. And um, by that evening, you know, we started here in Chapel Hill. And by that evening, we were at Nags Head. Um, so and so we had, uh, I think, four, three or four uh, stops along the way. We were stopping about every day. hour. And the stops were carefully, you know, curated experiences in which, um, you know, we really got an opportunity to meet um, some of the people in communities who are partnering with faculty at the university and, and some of the partnerships uh, in that. So it's really a, a great opportunity to uh, demonstrate the, you know, UNC Chapel Hill's impact in the state of North Carolina and its commitment to public service. Um, it's also an opportunity to uh, promote the scholarship and service that respond to the concerns of the state and contribute to the common good. I mean, that's a very much, uh, you know, th- those are priorities for the Institute as well. To You know, we know that we are public facing. We have um, very keen interest in the public humanities, um, engaging with with um, teachers, for example, and with, as I mentioned earlier, with, with communities, descendant communities who are interested in telling their own histories. I mean, these, these are things that the Institute can help to, you know, build those collaborations because we have that expertise on campus uh, to provide those resources. So the Tar Heel Bus Tour was I think a really good example of of making those those connections and helping us to learn about the state and visit areas where you know where our students call home. That's great. Is there anything that might be coming down the pipeline, or did that kind of spark any anything for you personally, or um, other work that might be coming out of it? Um, yes, absolutely. I, in fact, um, three of my colleagues and I um, were inspired uh, by this this bus tour to create a project um, in which we are developing a curriculum that will be transformative in uh, teaching about race and history, especially going on the East Bus. We, you know, we saw these disparities in that are really, um, you could see, see the juxtaposition of, of wealth and poverty and it was really striking, and uh, to see sort of some of the economic disparities and and the way it's um, racialized to a, to a particular degree. And so, 
But, you know, these partnerships that I've mentioned earlier are really engaging in, you know, directly with those disparities and their community-led projects um, in which, you know, these disparities come to light and the resources of the university can be brought to bear to, you know, to, to, to research and find ways forward with that. So we think, my colleagues and I think, that there's a way of teaching about those histories and, and how those disparities have, have come into play. And also, when people are engaging communities, you know, there are tools and theories and resources for doing that work that um, can make those relationships more productive. And so that's that's the project we're working on. We're presenting a, a, a proposal um, pretty shortly that we hope that's going to get funded. And, and um, so to be continued, I'd love to, to talk more about that once if we get that funded and get that that underway. Love to share more about that. Absolutely. I'd love to hear more. And I, I look forward to seeing where this might go. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing all about that. One thing that I did not mention, and, um, you know, they're not here to, to talk about, it, but I, I do want to mention my three colleagues that I'm in yes, conversation please. with. Um, and it really shows the sort of the how the, the uh, Tar Heel bus tour can inspire interdisciplinarity and, and um, you know, just really proud of that. So, Simona Golden, who is a um, research professor in the School of Public Policy, is one of the the colleagues who's on this this project. Um, We also have Kim Ramsey-White, who is a professor in the Gilling School of Public Health. And then the third colleague that's joining us um, is April Parker, no relation as far as we know, <laughs> who is a professor in the School of Social Work. So it's, so I bring my expertise um, coming from the Department of Communication um, here in the College of Arts and Sciences. So we really do have a, a multidisciplinary team that um, we met on the, the bus tour. Well, I, I knew Simona before, but because Simona actually is on the on the commission on history and race oh, okay. as well, and I brought her onto the commission because of her expertise in uh, she studies education and race and pu- mm. public policy. So anyway, so th- we are um, excited about doing this work together. That's great. I I love that you're talking about all of these important um, interdisciplinary work and the partnerships and the way that that plays with communities and with um, academia, um, which I think is important. And I think. Um, that's where the IH kind of thrives mm-hmm. in helping facilitate a lot of that. So thank you for all of that work. Thank you. We'll start to wrap up. And um, thank you again for this great conversation. And um, so we'll get before we get to our last question, I will say that even though you've been on the podcast before, this last question wasn't yet a tradition for every single guest. Um, so now you get to answer it for the first time. Um, what is a book that has changed your life? You know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, it's a big question. Like, not I'm not sure if everybody would say that a book changed their life. I mean, for some people, it might be a film. And for me in particular, I can't say that this was a book per se. But I remember that when I was in the fourth or fifth grade, I read about Mary McLeod Bethune. Mary McLeod Bethune was she was seen as one of the most important black educators uh, and civil and women, uh, women's rights leaders um, in the 20th century. She was friends with Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, she started um, a, a college for women, the um, 
Bethune-Cookman College in Florida. I, I'll tell you that the, the, the reason that that stuck with me that's in my memory, I, I grew up in a small town in Arkansas, rural Arkansas, and the first and second grade I attended a segregated uh, school. The schools were segregated by race. And then in third grade, um, integration happened and went to, to the what was referred to then as the white school. And so race had was always sort of something that was um, was framing my experience at that time. And I had wonderful role models, even in my family. I, at that time, the, I already had an older sister who was in college. But somehow reading about this black woman educator in that context um, became very, was very important to me. And so I don't know all the details of this, but there was an occasion where we were to come to school dressed as our, like a, a leader. And I had a picture of Mary McLeod Bethune and I dressed up as Mary McLeod Bethune. And I, wonderful. I just still remember <laughs> Getting on the bus in my long dress, I'd I'd research the you know the period. She was born in 1875, just to give you a, a sense mm-hmm. of her generation, and I was just very proud of that. And so I think that I can't say that that reading about her changed my life, but it absolutely was affirming to me. You know, beyond I mean, my family was already very affirming to me in terms of having confidence in myself, but seeing that history and um, seeing this black woman in, in her time making a difference just really had that affirmation for me to, that I can make a difference in the world. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing of that. Course. I think that um, I do love that looking at it as in the frame of affirmation and that inspiration, you know, it, it's a different kind of inspiration, I think, that is still just as important and valid. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for asking the question. That'll wrap up this episode of the Institute podcast. Um, Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Visit our website, iah.unc.edu, to find past episodes and transcripts. You can also learn more about our upcoming events, programs, grants, and leadership opportunity for UNC Chapel Hill faculty, or read stories that feature our arts and humanities fellows. Thanks for joining us.